Some of us are able to alchemize our hurt into kindness and trust. Others repeat the cycle, wielding their wounds as weapons. Cedar McLeod. The Dragon Pod from Bending Not Breaking. Book Four, Earth. Chapter Six, The Drakewood. Welcome back to another episode of The Dragon Pod. This has been Pruitt, your host for The Dragon Pod, and I am so thrilled that we get to talk about, I think that's my word of the season, thrilled. I said, like, I don't know, I think it's just habit for me to say that. Anyway, I digress. I am still very thrilled that we are talking about the Drakewood today. It's a really incredible episode, and the tensions are high. And in order to unpack that, I wanted to make sure we brought in someone that was able to kind of get into the mind of some of the core characters in this episode. With that in mind, we have an incredible guest today. Uh, You have heard her voice before on our podcast back in June, but let me go ahead and introduce you to Rena Anikwe. She, her pronouns, and is an interdisciplinary artist, performer, poet, healer and she works primarily with sound visuals and scent and it's just a really neat cool thing that she does with all of the various things that she incorporates into her work and so she explores intersections between traditional healing practices spirituality and performance and creates works focused on sensory based experiential interactions using creative technologies and she is perhaps most known to our listeners as the voice of Janai in the dragon prince and I'm just so thrilled to have you here today, Rena. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's my pleasure. I'm I'm well. I'm like encapsulated in a big blanket because it's just a little chilly and I'm loving it. I don't like turning the heat on because that costs money. Um, okay. But, I know uh... <laughs> we talked about heat. And I'm like, you're you you have no heat. I have too much heat. I'm wearing shorts in my house. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. it's so it's it's past toasty. We are roasting over here. So mm, pros and cons of the heating establishments that exist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess it's it's pertinent. I guess as a as a the voice of a sunfire elf, it makes I it know warm, right? <laughs> That's very true. I should be able to handle the heat. I actually do really. Uh, I guess the the heat and the and the fire do really resonate with me because I definitely thrive in hotter conditions but you know there has to be some balance like it, I Absolutely. there was one night where I was I had the fan on and I was like this is crazy <laughs> 30 yeah. something degrees and then I'm scared that if I tell my landlord to turn it down then they're really going to turn it down and then I'm going to freeze yeah. it's, a, it's a crazy balance but mm-hmm. uh we're going to get through it yeah. I believe, yeah. I believe in all of us <laughs> collectively endure. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, Reno, we've learned a little bit about you on your last adventure with us on the podcast. I'm curious though, uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about you and what makes you who you are as a, as a person, maybe even separate from not what you do, but just who you are. 
Wow, that's a big question. Right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? Oh my gosh, existential crisis begins, snowballs, runs out of control. I, you know what? It's funny. I, I've been talking to some other friends about this. Um, I think, you know, as a person that, that creates things, I'm, I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. and in different mediums as as your introduction <laughs> alluded to and uh this year I'm tired and mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I think it's really interesting you know last year uh, there was definitely a focus on my work on grief because I think collectively we are all moving through a, a sense of grief here here as, you know as we are still moving through a pandemic that is taking on so many permutations and and so many things that are happening in the world, uh, socially, culturally, um, politically, but also just environmentally. And I want to be a person that is not tired, um, but I, I think these are the, the, the <laughs> too, right? right? <laughs> How do we, how do we stop being tired? Um, I, like I, I, I did a piece on Thursday I performed and it, and it was called for the weary. And I was like, dang, I made another piece about being tired. The hell is going on? But then I'm like, <laughs> all my work this year has been about being tired and I, and I love a nap. I love, okay. This, I am your number one girl for a nap. Mm. And, um, I just, I need more naps. I just, I'm like, I don't really think about time in a, in a linear sense, but at the same time, we are we are closing this year, and yeah. so it's it's weird. It's like I still do mark the time in within the year as everyone else does because I think because of the speed of things, especially in December, it just starts to yeah. really ramp up. But I don't know who are you. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> yeah, not the no, I, I was gonna give, but yeah, I think in this moment. <laughs> I I'm I'm a bit fatigued and and I'm looking forward to not being a fatigued individual going through the next cycle that we are about to embark upon again. I I think that there needs to be some levity from that. There needs to be a break from that. And so I'm just thinking of restructuring in terms of you know establishing or reestablishing better boundaries. How are how are the the things that I'm involving myself in right now? Mm not allowing me to provide myself with enough rest or, you know, give myself enough time to do the things that I want to do. I want to just also just lay there and not do anything like that's also part of me, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a typical sign of burnout is the, like, right. Is the desire to just lay there and do nothing. And for extended periods of time, like most people don't want to just lay there and do nothing when we aren't burnt out. Exactly. And I and I don't I don't want to be burned out again because oh it's happened before honey yep. um, and so and I was like these are the signs girl it's looking like it was like you want to go back to therapy too because you know that's what happened last time you got burned out I'm like yeah maybe and then, and then it's like, you're speaking my language okay I'm like is it just me it's not just me I'm Ooh. not the only one it's like we're all a little frazzled and I know it's because yep. of the things that we're moving through right now because you and I we both discussed we're both moving that definitely contributes to that type of yes. you know thing but it's it sucks when you're like dang I'm I'm trying not to burn out but I think I 
I think I'm, I think I'm a little, a little torched. I missed that turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> how do we go back? Was there, is, yeah. there, is there a detour? How do we? It was the reverse. That's what I'm saying. So I, I, I've started a thing now where I enter the year. Uh, I take the whole month of January. I know that everybody can't do that, but I, I'm like, I, I urge people if you can at least take a little extra time to transition back into the next year. I've, I've just decided I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I've now relegated it to only doing say one thing that I find enjoyable, which is soundscaping something. Um, But I'm not, I'm not doing any, I'm, I'm going to Mm. just do a lot of nothing. I'm also getting out of the cold. Thank God. Um, (laughs) I do not thrive in the cold. I don't understand how I was born in a cold part of Canada, Um, have lived on the East coast for a long time and uh, still don't understand when winter is coming in. What's going on? I'm still confused every year. So it goes. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Well, you've given us uh, a, a beautiful uh, insight into your life and where you are and how we are all connected to that similar feeling. Um, so thank you for, for inviting us into that, that, that part of you. I, I would love to move on into our next segment, which is the, the primal source. And I'm really excited for this because you are a pretty incredible primal source for this particular episode, Mm -hmm. the Drake Wood. And, you know, we're always grateful to have our, our guests, but in this case, I'm th- really excited. I'm going to stop saying thrilled. I think I've literally said it in every episode um, so far. It's a great uh, word. It really I, I think it's just habit, though. So I, oh, I yeah. like, break the cycle, so to speak. We're going to get to that in a minute. Yes, we're going to um, pop into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would love to just kind of ask you some, some, what are the inside details? What are the deets about the making of this episode? I'm curious um, if there was anything that was interesting or fun or something that just you think of when you think of the making of this episode that would be fun to share with our listeners. I think for me, I, I really always enjoy or I, I have enjoyed um, getting to act alongside Luke because mm. uh, Luke and I didn't actually interact. Our characters didn't interact initially when he was King Harold, right? And so yeah. um, I remember when I, yeah, when I saw that he was cast, I was like, oh, this is so cool because we met at the, like, you know, the first set of seasons. Um, we met at the rap party and that was the only time. And because I, um, yeah, I was going back and forth. I was in, in Vancouver at the time. So I think that, and also be, this was pre pandemic, right? So, oh my gosh, that's how we're marking time. Uh, pre COVID, um, you know, we, we would all be in rooms together and, and whatnot, which that was also really that, that I miss, but I understand, you know, things change and, so it's for me whenever I get to do a session I because I'm I'm also being beamed in everyone is kind of virtual right because everyone's in different places and so but when I get to act with Luke I find it really exciting because we're able to play off each other really well I just he has a really great energy and also just (laughs) in general we like to joke around beforehand so 
Oh yeah. It's always yeah, it's always really but it's always just such a pleasure to get to work with him because he's quite expressive, just the way that he takes on his characters. And you know, him as Korean, he's pissing me off. Like I really yep. just like <laughs> I just yeah. We'll just stick it to this to this episode, but I'm just like, what Kareem, like, why why are you here coming for me? Yeah. Like I just you know what I mean? I, I especially I've really just at this point with where Janai's evolution is going, I'll call it that her evolution, you know, she we're now a queen. We're not a knight anymore. And there's so much responsibility and so many things that she's trying to change, right? And to have the one like closest, the only blood relative that I'll say I, she has left. Yeah you know um creating this friction like it's like dang like i'm over here you know just trying we're just trying to trying to keep it together i got my fiance over here then i got my brother doing these things and i'm like i just don't even understand but i i I think that the thing that i really do like about um just like this this episode and the the writing all the time the writing the writers just do such an amazing job Absolutely. is that they just give us uh, so much to work with in terms of building that relationship because you can really see how the relationship is um he's very much traditional you know she's trying to enter into this new world where it's like hey we're all being considered we're thinking of people in a way I was thinking more along the line of restorative justice you know yeah of of ways to not be a ruler where you're just lording over people but you're taking their holistic being into into account and and trying to build a better world where we can all coexist with each other which is isn't that what we all want you know so yeah so i'm just revisiting this this initial thing that you said and then i think i'm gonna bring that into the next part uh it's kind of interesting to listen to everybody's um all of the voice actors who have commented on the making of the episode that they all commented on the shift of being able to, uh, when it went into COVID times, having to not be in the room when recording and um, missing that element of it and being able to play off of each other was something that um, was missed and something that happened and and you're kind of commenting on being able to be in community with Luke while while doing this work is um really beautiful as well so it's just it's interesting to see the the through line with all of you about what you kind of appreciate about um doing this kind of work with others and how important that is Um, so that's super neat to, to just kind of connect those dots between all of you and then you kind of really provided this this background into what Janai is going through. And this kind of really ties into our lens for the day. And so I, I'd love to kind of pick your brain about what our lens is, which is we're talking about cycles today and uh, in relevant to all things, like what does it mean to start, break, transform cycles and what cycles do we see in this episode? But before we get to the episode, I'm curious, like what does cycles and what does that evoke in you? What does that word mean? And then what is your relationship with cycles in your own life? 
Definitely. I think that for me, uh, when thinking about this lens, it, it brings up you know, the things that have come before us mm. and that can guide us, but then also the places in which we're going and whether or not repeating the things that came before us will serve us and serve others in positive and uh, affirming ways. And if not, what are the ways in which we can choose to change those things yeah. so that they do support us and that they do provide a better future, not only for us, but for the folks that are coming after us, the folks and the beings in this, in, in this, um, in this world, the the folks and the beings that are going to come after us. Like, what are the ways in which we can we can create new cycles, or we can we can elongate the the ones previous to us? I think is really how that shows up. And even in my own life, I think it's a similar thing too. Of you know, are there things that I am carrying on? whether it's in familial context, whether it's within friendship that are positive things or not only positive are these things that are actually lending to my life in a way that it's, that is elevating it. If not, yeah. what are the things that need to be changed? Um, am I repeating things that are, this, you know, and, and, you know, I guess the, right, the definition of insanity, repeating the thing over and over again and think you're going to get a different result. Am I doing yeah, yeah. that? Or am I actually making a change? Am I trying something new? Is it worth trying something new? So it's, I think for me, that's where what cycles mean to me. It's also interesting to connect this to just when we were learning about you, right? This idea of, we were talking about <laughs> burnout has kind of been a cycle, right? And um, this idea of this description that you offered was, I'm tired, uh, it's a new year. We're going to rest. And then I'm back here all over again. And then I'm back. And when I get back here, you marked multiple things around. These are the things that worked for me in the past to address it. Like I saw a therapist. I did like, you, you know what I mean? And it's interesting to me how sometimes we live into these cycles without even recognizing that they're cyclical, mm -hmm. right? Or we think that it's over when in reality, we've just... <laughs> just gone back to the top and started over. And I, I think that unless those things are kept in check, they will remain cyclical um, for better or worse. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I completely agree. And it's, and it's interesting too, you know, sometimes we already, like you said, we already have the solution. Like I already have the solution this happened before so what's different but i i think though again because of the way that time has passed because the the first time that i experienced burnout this was pre-covid i think that the reason that this is happening now and it's not only me while before when it was happening it was it was kind of just what i was going through and yeah uh, it was it's it's uh, it's attached to I would say right now, the increase in productivity at a really elevated rate mm. across many things, people wanting content faster, people wanting products faster, people wanting, and, and this is across all so many things and release, <laughs> release, release, and thinking, yeah. you know, everything is open back up, we need to go at light speed. And I'm like, but why? I thought we were, when we were quarantined, 
we had all slowed down. I mean, at this point, I'm like, shut this bad boy down again. All right, listen. Shut it all down. <laughs> I'm here for it. Like, okay. Yeah, like, we, like let's go. Shut let's, it down. Can we make that a yearly thing? <laughs> yes. Like, what is the problem? Just shut it down. I don't understand. The yeah. Europeans figured it out, didn't they? They just shut it down in the summer. They, they, America just likes to keep going. Yeah. And it's, it's really <laughs> like it, it definitely, and, and, I, and I think. I'm not articulating as well. I don't, there's, there are so many words to, to attach to this because I think what COVID did for a lot of people was it threw into sharp relief, what, how things could be. Mm-hmm. And uh, for many that was so attached to something that was not a positive experience. Right. And so pausing was it experienced as terrible because mm-hmm. we were one forced into it two a lot of people lost work and lost jobs like our economy our nation our country is not structured for rest right and Absolutely. right and so when we were forced to do so it was experienced as highly problematic Right. When in reality, like the earth was like, oh my gosh, this is what it's like to not have smog. And then, uh, like, and me, like, I was like, well, this, cause I can only speak for me. Right. I was like, oh my gosh, I am resting. I'm receiving, you know, unemployment, which frankly is more than what I was making. Okay. That was not a terrible time like, for like, a lot of people. That was actually, people it was incredible. Were- doing pretty pretty all right i i yeah yeah i completely agree it's us you know there's levels to it i'm not gonna say it was all positive i think that we experienced terrible things you know massive death on such a great scale and such a small time and um, grief that is still still reverberating and being processed as we speak by all of us and you know and and the thing is there's so many different perspectives and I also do recognize that we all live in different places and so it's also relational geographically what people experienced you know I'm in a um, a densely populated area so my experience for some opposed to somebody who is not in a densely populated area who is not as close to people it's completely different they would not understand why we do need to quarantine them in this way because they're not seeing people or being bumped up next to each other so I I, and I'm very cognizant of that because you know I didn't understand it until I actually went uh, down south and saw how space is there just just space in general (laughs) concept you know as opposed to being in New York City and so I I and I and I completely you know I empathize with folks uh, processing it in different ways because we all had different lived experiences during that time you know no matter where you were in the world absolutely um, but but I definitely do think that, you know, a lot of times we do have the answers right in front of us, but because we are almost trained into thinking in really small ways, because that's a way in order to exert control over the masses, we don't think about dreaming and we don't think about radical thought in ways where we can care for ourselves, we can care for each other. Yeah. And um just ways to exist and be that are not too far out from what we're doing it would just be a change you know instead of going into a traumatic state every single time and then we're wondering why why did this happen again it's like oh or i could not do this thing yeah or or uh, (laughs) Or i'm 
I'm reminded, and this is not the first time we've referenced um, the NAP ministry on the podcast, mm-hmm. but, you know, Trisha Hershey in 2016 started the NAP ministry and recently came out with a book um, about how rest is radically resistant. And um, I just want everyone to consider checking that out, uh, if only to check out, you know, a different way of life <laughs> um, and embracing rest. Uh, but before uh, we dive too deep down that rabbit hole, I want to move on to our next segment, um, which is making sure that you all are prepared as listeners for what we're going to be talking about today more in depth right after this, which is uh, we're going to recap our episode in a quick, short fashion. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock, Rena, and you're going to have mm-hmm. all of that time to remember everything that happened in this episode. Oh my gosh, no pressure. No pressure at all. I will uh, count you down from three and then I will tell you when you're done. Sound good? All right, three, two, one, go. Okay, so basically this episode opens up with the fact that Soren still has not returned and Rayla has discovered that. And then we kind of fast forward to the fact that Soren did not return because he is in the pit of despair with this big, am I allowed to curse on here? Big ass dragon. And so so this big ass dragon who was not feeling him. So then they start looking for him. Oh, damn. I have five. Oh no. And then it fast forwards to the fact that. (laughs) Stop. That's your time. (laughs) Yeah. That was like a successful covering of the first. 30 seconds literally the first what is that the first two two minutes (laughs) you nailed Um, it really good nailed it it. (laughs) i do know what happened in the episode i swear i do i do i believe you yeah (laughs) all right let's uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a shot too will you count i hope you do better than me that was horrible (laughs) yeah no worries will you count me in yes i will okay five four three two one okay so soren plays with the drake and then zim shows up against mom's rules and then like ezrin's powers are way more developed so they look for soren through zim and then earthy elves try to cap zim and then nathan is all doom and gloom but strangely upbeat at the same time and then volunteers to guide them into the pit of despair to rexy boy and then meanwhile kareem like makes some solid points and then amaya is super insensitive and then janai's like to the horns and then kareem says killer and amaya says she's guilty but show compassion and then janai breaks the cycle and violence and then to takes kareem to the sun yeah dang so close wow you're good i mean i mean (laughs) a little bit of practice i might have been doing this for like four years i know know. (laughs) uh yeah oh my gosh okay i gotta get get it together no 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 worries (laughs) we did it and everyone who's listening to this has probably seen this episode like seven times already. So that's really good. It's a really good episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if not more. Um, okay. So I can't wait to dive into this this discussion on cycles. I'm I'm curious, what is a moment that you want to go to to discuss cycles? Hmm. I think think that since i didn't even speak about what janai did um we could start talking about um i don't know actually i think that i think it's interesting the 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 uh, first i I do think it's interesting the the when zim gets captured to me that's also a good 
good place to start. And then we can transition into what's happening yeah. on the other side. But yeah, I think absolutely. it's interesting what happens with, you know, I'm so bad with names. I'm not going to lie. The the little one with the little. Yeah, exactly. It was like the little Australian accent, but I'm not sure if he's Australian because they're in the woods. You know what I mean? But he, I think like him, he's trying to break a, a cycle right there in terms of his, he recognizes, you know, I'm not really good at this. And I don't really think that this is a humane way to be treating these dragons. And I'm not really sure that I want to go into this, but you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and, you know, is fighting for that because he thinks that this is the way that, you know, everyone else is treating these dragons in this way, overpowering them, using them as their, yeah, as, as their labor yeah, and, exactly. and their, and, and treating them, you know, in ways that are not uh, synergistic to them living together. You know, the yeah. fact that the dragons talk to, um, you know, the, so they're they're active, like they have active interactions. You know what I mean? I mean, not those dragons. I don't know if those dragons do speak because yeah. we haven't gotten into that. But the fact that like they're living amongst them, but they're still being treated as they're they're enslaving them, which is is wild. You know, so yeah. No, yeah. I, I guess that's my question. Right? Is uh, what's what are these dragons capable of? And right. it's a question that's not like entirely clear like at least based off just the show um around like are all dragons uh eventually going to talk and or uh, are there some dragons that do and some that don't um and i, I someone basically said that so that some and by someone i'm like it could be true or false but like mm -hmm. the only thing that determines whether they can talk or not is age but mm -hmm. also this is the Drake wood, right? And I wonder, is there a difference between dragons and drakes like there are in other lore, right? right. Where there is a difference. And right. so, you know, who who knows? Regardless, I think it is what you're speaking to if, with Nathan is really interesting because it is often, right, that cultures have certain traditions or ways of life that this is just how we've always done it. Mm -hmm. And when someone who is often will be a child that says, I don't like this, I don't want to do it. Um, it is often like punished, right? right. Uh, out of them. And we don't necessarily see that with Nathan. Um, all we see is Warlan, who is the other, like the big beefy yes. earth flood elf. Um, like saying this is how it's done but we like i'm i'm curious how nathan has been treated by other earthblood elves um in response to um not being not wanting to be a part of that cycle exactly and i think it's interesting too the fact that this is happening in a group where also rayla is there right and the, and she also yes. has the same um and constant struggle or, or has had this internal ba battle of i i'm not a killer you yes. know what I mean? And so it's a very similar, um, as you say, cycle that is happening where you're having these younger, younger elves and and younger beings. Uh, actually, now I'm like, oh, and also for Janai as well. Yep, uh, like everyone. These, yeah. Well, how how about that? But yeah, you're having this younger generation starting to question the ways in which they're being taught and and are learning to live with the other beings and other people that are in their realm 
and that they're yeah. living on, alongside of like why are we enslaving these dragons why are we killing these um you know humans why why are they our enemies you know yeah. i think that they're starting to question things and wonder when they because they are having you know intimate interactions with each other where they're like well they're we're getting along so why would i hate this yeah. why, why would i hate you you know yeah and uh, there's two things that really complicate this one is soren right mm -hmm. and it's not in this episode but like soren befriends this dragon right and shows that there is another way possible right and that like really complicates this because it's one of those things where I also think judging a culture only based off of one interaction or scene is really problematic, right? We have no idea what their history is with the Drakes. We have no idea how long this has been going on or the nature of this. Is this a one-off uh, group of Earthblood Elves that treat them this way? Like we, there's so much that we're judging an entire race on based off of this interaction. And the fact that Soren is able to come through and illustrate that it is possible to do another way really uh, suggests that the show is arguing that this what they're doing is not okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which is really interesting to me. Um, and it, it is it reminds me of like toxic masculinity in the sense that that is a. Uh, something that is passed down of we have to do it this way and if you don't do it this way then you're a coward you're weak you're um other not so appropriate words right like um and i wonder how much Nath like nathan wears flowers in his hair and i wonder if that is if nathan is being coded as queer hmm. which leads me to terry who is not in this episode yes 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 exactly i also was thinking about terry as well and terry's you know, uh, just revealing that the fact that he's like, you know, this is how I, I, I feel, and this is how I see myself and they weren't listening to me. And I, I wasn't treated well because of it, but I'm, I'm me and that's, and that's who I am. You know what I mean? And, and again, breaking that cycle and, and not fitting into the mold that was made for him and saying that this is, this is how I see myself. So that's how I'm going to show up in the world, you know? And so it's a very, it's, it's, it's so interesting. It's happening across so many characters. Right. That It's consistent. You know, <laughs> yes, it definitely is consistent, which as we're, as we're pointing it, pointing out different characters struggles and then them overcoming those struggles, the ways in which they're dealing with them. And yeah. And I, and I, and I think even for Nathan, I'm now I'm thinking about all the earth, but I was always like, do they, do they wear flowers too? Right. I don't think so. I don't see any flowers yeah. in Roland's hair, right? Exactly, and and even and, and yeah, and I, and even for Nathan, even if he isn't queer, he's he's expressing himself in a way that's not fitting necessarily with these very hyper masculine. Yeah. Um, I would say even say like alpha male types that are dominating these uh, dragons into submission, so that they can use them to do terrible things and to attack yeah. people. You know what I mean? And so. Um, yeah, I I just think that the even because he's because he is that young too, just the the ability to express himself in that way to strangers, where he's yeah. like, you know what, <laughs> I don't even like this. I don't even yeah. I'm doing all this. So I, I think there's there's a takeaway here that I kind of want to just uh, make explicit, which 
I'm, I'm, I think there might be two that I'm, that are kind of bubbling up as I speak. The first is when uh, cycles are a part of culture, it seems as though the dominant part of whatever is in control of the cycle will do what it can to continue the cycle. Mm-hmm. So I can think of hundreds of examples of that um, outside of the the show for slavery, for instance, like white people were all about trying to maintain slavery for hundreds of years. Uh, and they did everything that they could to do it and can maintain that control. Uh, if we go to um, something about any another form of oppression for instance queer communities right like okay the people who are in power and privilege the cycle is to push away and put down and uh not acknowledge queerness right and it has been continued to do that uh to do so over time to maintain that cycle and it requires, so that's the first part of this. The second half is that it requires people like Nathan to say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, it requires people to be an upstander uh, like Nathan, like Rayla, like Ezrin, like the, all of our young people on this show to say no more. I'm not going to do this. This is not okay. Um, but what we're realizing is that while we don't see evidence of Nathan being targeted for ridicule or bullying, it seems like it's a culture of it probably would. Right. And so I'm, those are kind of my two, like walk, I'm walking away with like, okay, recognizing that dominant control will continue, like aim to continue the cycle because it works for them. Same thing with capitalism with burnout, right? Like, it's like, right. if you keep doing it, we're going to keep milking you for it. Exactly. And, and then the second half is it requires us to say no and say, I'm done. And often that is at the cost of the people who have to do it, which sucks. <laughs> it's like you have to do all this other work as you're already fighting for your life like you know even for Nathan too I think that definitely we can see that I think he's also in the position where well you know well the expectation is that I have to do this so I have to do this because he's so adamant and so aggressive about no this is mine even as they're telling him well you know what like actually the this dragon isn't for you and and we under and we understand but i can definitely see him being a character that's like well i'm gonna just force it even if i don't want to do it um until i don't have to do it anymore or 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 they won't notice you know and then and then there comes a breaking point when you get older and you're like i can't do this or you just been living a a lie the whole time right and so i think too um it's funny to me to see how bubbly he is when he's just taking them on a tour maybe Nathan is just a tour guide maybe he is just the keeper of the secrets and that's what he needs to be doing not knocking down dragons and and being mean and flying them around and capturing people like that's also I but that's also crazy too right because again we don't know how the whole Drakewood is um, managed we just get a glimpse of it of course through Rayla like in terms of her telling them them, you know, this is kind of how it is over here, and this is what goes down. Yeah. And um, people typically don't mess with these elves because they are known to do this. But at the same time, 
you know, they might have only, a, it's like a section of them do this. It could yeah. be a whole, like, you know, evolved um, tribe of elves that, that's exactly do other things. And also I th- there's something about them being stewards of this forest. I think that also needs to be recognized, right? They're, they are there for a reason mm-hmm. too, um, because they are, they are protecting this, this nature in a way. Right. So that's all. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that, and that's a question like what, that this is the uncharted forest. They right. like, what is the the purpose of keeping it that way? Right. Uh, right. And is there a purpose? And is there a, a purpose larger than we just don't like other other people? Like, <laughs> which yeah. it seems like there probably is, but we just don't <laughs> know what that is. So, exactly. yeah. Wow, that was a really cool conversation. I like I <laughs> like I I didn't even write that down in my notes. So I'm really just appreciating you lifting that up. That's that's awesome. What's a what's another moment that you want to talk about? I definitely think that the tension that is building between um Kareem and uh, Amaya is necessarily is necessary to be noted because it uh, it's very difficult, you know. You're the Janai is trying to balance not only her responsibilities as queen, as her people are now living in disarray, um, because everything was torched in that big ass battle. Um, yeah, yeah. Ass battle. Yeah, yeah right. Like, <laughs> okay, like the battle of the century, and uh, yeah, and they're they're living in a refugee camp, you know, and they're also it's they're also living with humans and the this situation that has now happened is horrible uh for for everyone because it's creating even more tension that has already been brewing and it it's also this is the beginning of seeing how janai deals with things i think you Mm. know how what type of what type of ruler is she what type of of queen is she what type of problem solver is she and I just think about too Kessa, you know, the way that Kessa dealt with things, you know, right when I saw different than Janai. (laughs) Yeah, a bit different. Like, you know, and so and I think that's also a huge adjustment. You know, you have to think about the adjustment that it is for the Sunfire Elves because they were used to operating in this way, which from what is being said by Kareem was the way in which their traditions were being held up. But the thing that I will say about Kessa is that Kessa did uh, listen. Um, to Janai you know that was the that was the thing about with with her ruling style is that she didn't she definitely had a very was a very strong ruler and very adamant about keeping certain traditions and keeping humans out however when Janai brought up something she would say okay you try it and if what you said doesn't work then we're killing them so you know that's that's it so I think that there it's interesting to see the extremities in the family um, where Janai is on yeah. one side, uh, Kareem is on the other side, and Kessa was kind of in the middle, actually. Um, yeah, which I was surprised to to realize that. I, I think when I saw her pick up the crown, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fascinating. I think I think that <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, okay. and yet you can fall to two different sides, right? right? Um, and so it's it's really interesting that you're kind of showing us that the the thing that's really tough for me to navigate around this is Kareem makes a lot of really good points yes 
in his arguments to to Janai. Um, he's right. Like there would have been rage. Janai would have been outraged if someone had put out her mother's candle, right? Like it, the amount of like, like arguments that he's making is well founded. And I think it's the fact that he like is doing in a way that like, what do you really want from this? Like, and it's, it's, I I don't know that he's asking that question. Like, what does he really want? I think he is going for the throat (laughs) because he thinks that will make him feel better. And I am entirely like making a judgment here. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be very different than this, but it feels that way to me watching rather than like, this isn't going to solve the problem. Like this isn't going to make things better better and so i'm i'm part of my my question for kareem is like you're right but you're also so wrong and i think that's what ultimately leads janai to like be like you're right we do need a tribunal you're you're right something bad happened and uh we don't have to kill her for it (laughs) right um which is it's really hard because it requires that we have to think we have to really use our head and use our heart and really ask ourselves the difficult questions in order to grapple with these really big problems of breaking cycles. It's not like this or that. It's something where it requires a little bit of both, right? And both I I use just because a little bit of a lot more than both. (laughs) It requires input from many sources rather than just from one. Um, and that's that's kind of why I really appreciate Janai's response here is that yes, we need a tribunal, and mercy and compassion are going to help us move into the future. Not you know, gone are the days where we shed blood for justice. Right, right. <laughs> it's so interesting too because you know that I think that I I don't know if you asked me this, but I've been asked this: How am I? how are you different than your character? Mm. And I think to, for me, there are things that Janai does that, I mean, I personally would, wouldn't would do. And then she does things that she probably wouldn't, that that I do things that she probably wouldn't do. Yeah. Just because we're different people, even though I'm voicing her. <laughs> <laughs> um, wild. Um, but there's, I think it was interesting that the architect was was allowed to live. I mean, yes, I I agree with that. I think it would have been nice to hear from the elf that his soul candle had gone blown out because it was what happened to him. And I just remember seeing his expression. Like I wasn't sure if that was the thing that made him feel better necessarily. And it's a the, the result and the the again having them work together the humans and the sunfire elves work together to build something that is sustainable in the long run and would allow for soul candles to be to never have a have a place where they would never be blown out definitely is a way better solution than you know killing or chopping off the hands of the person who um did a horrible thing i mean her reaction was so nasty that i was like dang so we have a karen in the camp <laughs> <laughs> yes. out of control. 
I was like, somebody needs to bark on her because that's the thing too. I feel like not only just seeing her reaction, I was like, I feel like for a lot of people watching that, they're like, here goes Karen. I didn't know they had a Karen in the camp. And here she I goes. I totally wrote that down. I'm not even okay. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I was sitting there. I was like, because you know, when you watch the videos of the Karens and you're like, oh, girl, if it had been me and did it. And I was like, wow, they're putting me in this situation. And then, <laughs> mm-hmm. of course, and then she starts crying as they always do. Yes. When they're the ones who were in the wrong in the first place. So I was like, this is also a pathological thing that I think is interesting that is mirrored that in society now, in, in our society right now. Absolutely. Where we are having these interactions specifically with white women. And so I thought it was really interesting too. And you're having this, this, the Sunfire Elves who are who are who are black. And yeah. then you have this white woman crying, did, did, was in the wrong, blew out the candle talking about you're going to set the whole place on fire. Meanwhile, this is a tradition. This is a cultural tradition in order to honor our dead. Yeah. And, and it was like, this is, this, it was, it was interesting, you know, looking back at it and being like, whoa, 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 this is exactly what is occurring now. This is what happens all the time. Yes. And, and how do people deal with it? And, and be able yeah. to respect both parties, both both of the cultures that are coming to this. Yeah. And, you know, and putting her in the position where it's like, okay, now you are de- going to dedicate your life's work to working together with this uh, tribe of elves in order to not only understand them, but to now make design where you are considering other people besides yourself and only your experience. Yeah. You know, but then I, I was asking myself, well, I was like, but how do how do the Sunfire Elves feel about that? You know, yeah. because it is it it has been a culture of blood for blood. You know, you violate something, you get punished. So yeah. should yeah. they have taken a hand? No, I'm not saying that. Well, this, should they have cut off their hands? <laughs> you're you're pointing to something that's really important, right? Janai's decision isn't perfect. No. Right? No, 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 no. In like in, in any way. Um, and what it is leaning into is are these uh, these newfound value, maybe not newfound, but these newly embraced values that Janai is aiming for for her people. Mm-hmm. And what that does is is twofold. Um, I, I, I think uh, I'm gonna go back to Kareem for a second because I think it's helpful to illustrate. Like Kareem, uh, does this thing where in this episode where he calls out Amaya and uh, when it's convenient for him, he calls Amaya Janai's betrothed. Right. But when it's convenient for him at other times, he calls her other things. Right. In, in, in a way, in order to convince Janai, Hey, even your, um, your, I forget the exact languages. Your, your, you know, betrothed is uh, putting this situation down. And that's ultimately one of the, the points that leads Janai to lead to a tribunal. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the reaction. I was, it was so surprising when she was like, oh, they just eat cake. And I'm like, what girl, what? <laughs> two cakes. I know two cake, two, two. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, and- but that- but that's also the thing too, you know, that the difficulties of when you are having like, in this case, interspecies um, relationships or interracial relationships or inter, 
even inter I don't I want to say intergenerational is that correct to say that I, I just think yeah, like I think some people are different different communities right That's exactly different like, thank you I'm like well yeah people different ages get together and you're gonna go with different things that happen different cultures different races different classes you're always gonna have these areas where you're not going to understand each other and so exactly. then it's like, what do we do in order to understand each other and to be open that other people are having lived different lived experiences and that you don't disrespect them just because you don't understand them or they're not known to you you know yeah. and and the reason i lift this up to go go back to your original point is like he's it, it, following that line he says that they will think that you have lost sight of who you are and he says they and he's saying that on behalf of sunfire elves and this is a pretty common tactic for uh working to convince people of that you are correct you will you'll use the invisible they or the invisible we um and like who's they do all sunfire elves feel this way or are you projecting? <laughs> um, and Kareem, like my my belief here is that he believes Janai is losing her way and losing sight of who uh, Sunfire Elves are supposed to be, in quote, like supposed to be. Um, but the invisible they there really kind of illustrates to me that this is a him thing. <laughs> mm. um, and the, the reason I say that is because we don't know how all Sunfire Elves feel about this result, which is exactly what you were talking about. We don't know if they're like, this is a terrible idea. We don't want a human designing our space, right? Or we don't know if they're all like, super cool. We love that idea. Like we have no idea without being able to actually receive that data, right? And the other part of that is you mentioned something that I think is so important is that Giannis didn't have a chance to speak, which is the elf that had his candle blown out. Yeah. And not having a say in the harm that was done to you, not having a say in the justice that is trying to address that seems problematic. Yes, yeah. Um, because the harm wasn't just like done to the Sunfire Elves like at large, it was done to him. Like what was the repair that he is going to receive that is, is well. And I think that it's worth asking that question. Yeah, definitely. I know then that's, that's why I started thinking through, through her decision, through, I guess the lens of restorative justice, because, you know, when, when that is enacted or that is brought to the table, the person that is harmed, has a say in the ways that they would like to for the justice to be to be I guess manifested you know the, the way that the, the justice is to be carried out you know in a way where they're actually involved in it which a lot of times you know in the current ways in which the, the penal justice system that we operate in now it does not provide for you know and so I, I think that's another thing too that when these rulers, even the, the like this younger generation of them, Ezra included, yeah. and I, when they have to make decisions, they're they're not always going to make decisions where they can, or they are taking into consideration every single person, or even the the specific people that are being harmed because they have to think of the whole entire populace that yeah. they are in charge of, and so 
they're thinking they have to think of ways where people might not actually like what they're doing. Some people might actually be on board for this because they're like, you know, what? I'm tired of this. My whole house got burnt down. I'm over this. There has to be a different way because this is not the first time that there's been a battle. This is not the first time that they've been attacked. But I think in this way, you know, probably even in their lifetime, like there have been battles previous to this, which we know from history. But in this way for them in this moment, you know, for some people, they're like, yeah, I'm ready for the change. And then for others, they're like, nah, go and and eat those people up because yeah. we, we I mean, we have fire. Like, isn't that what we're known for? And it's true. Yeah. It's the whole thing of what we're known for. When you brought that up, that that really brought up something in my mind, too. Yes, Kareem is really holding on to this thing of like what we are known for. We are supposed to do this. We are supposed to do that. We are known for this. You know, we need to operate like this so that they don't again, yeah. this proverbial day doesn't think that they're weak because yeah. that's also part of it, right? How do we regain our previous? And that's standing? what's so hard, right? Yes. Because you want, like there, this, it, it goes into this idea of tradition, right? This idea that um, is like certain things were put into practice that accomplished a goal at the time it was created. Yeah. And it was helpful at that time because you were either uh, you didn't have the ability to do things el- another way. You uh, were unaware of how that there was a possible way to another possible way to do things. Uh, that, like I, I think about the transformation of like an eye for an eye, right? Uh, and how like well we learned that, that was not okay, so we're not going to continue that tradition into the next thing, right? We the, like. Yeah. And, we, we learn and therefore we change. And what often happens in this cycle is we, the cycle is we, we, in this change cycle, we try to change and people are like, no, 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 no. This is how it was supposed to be. This is how it's always been done. And that phrase, this is how it's always been done is trash. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't care how it's always been done. Right. While at the same time, I so deeply want to honor traditions that are meaningful. Yes, yes. Right. And so there's again this this balance, this tug towards how do we honor what what we are at our core while also recognizing that the traditions and things that exist in our culture can be very harmful and we we need to change them, right? Mm-hmm. Um we've we've got to learn how to differentiate between the cycles that we're holding on to that are harming us and the cycles that we're holding on to that are that are aiding and affirming us and it seems like kareem is really holding on to this way of life that is actively harmful (laughs) that is actively like trying to kill people uh, for crimes and it's in this penal model that you're offering or criticizing rather in in what we're seeing is this transformation away from punitive justice mm. right um and i think what we're also seeing is how difficult it is to transition away from that yes definitely and i i think too it speaks to identity you know these mm. are things that that have established people's identity and this is across the board throughout the episode is that there are certain behaviors or or even traditions that people have been 
and I say beings because everyone isn't a, a person, but yeah. that beings in the, in this realm and universe have been participating in that identify them, you know, because it is very tribal. You know, mm -hmm. these are the things that the moon shadow elves do. These are the things that the earth blood elves do. These are the things that the humans do. These are the things that the sunfire elves do. These are the ways in which they identify themselves, the dragons, you know. So it is very difficult when now these things are upended, especially due to violence, because then in that moment when you're trying to re-identify yourself or grasp at the things that affirm you or say this is who I am even the question you asked me who are you you know yeah. how are you right these are the things that that I identify as and without them then who am I and and is this the time where I can actually process this you know even I, I think Soren is a great example of a character where it's very difficult for him co constantly where it's like I was known for doing this thing and now all of a sudden I have a conscience about things because I know that this isn't right, but now I don't have my family, you know? Yeah. So what does that make me? Who am I? And so I think him being like the King's guard, that's the thing where he's like, I know I'm doing the right thing. And so I identify as this, but even still, like, you know, at the end of the episode, I know I fast forwarded, like all of a sudden <laughs> who walks out of the leaves, all of a sudden, again, you're the questions of identity and like what I'm doing, like, that's my, my sibling, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what a, who 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 am I without these things that root me or anchor me or are the things that built me as as a being in in this world? Oof, yeah. Oh my goodness! Like what? Like I am so thrilled. This is the lens we landed on because what a rich conversation right. this has been <laughs> like, yeah. oh i didn't even know the places that we would go with this but i, I know it was so difficult i was like i don't know what to do. i was like wait a minute it's all here it's all here you know here yeah i i am i would like nathan was such a weird character to me and now i'm like i love him <laughs> i know and he's really trying also it's just so funny how he's just so he's like gingerly like I just I just really like his character it's just like nothing is a big deal they're like what in the world like he's just I won't get into the next episode but I'm just like, I hear you yeah you know it's so hard but yeah but he's he's I, I do like that he's just so honest he's just like yeah. I, this is mine it's like actually I don't even like this like I don't it's I don't a weird know. weird experience to be that proximate to blunt honesty right right and also it speaks to his age too right because only a, ch a child could be that honest yeah and that and that and that's what i like about him is the fact that he still he still has that preservation of of um openness and innocence in a way where it's like you know everybody is really struggling with these things and it's interesting to see somebody who who might be ezra's age or like maybe around it but they're the yeah. way that they see things are are so different because of their lived experiences you know um, yeah Wow. Okay. Well, let's do this. We're going to take a, a short break and then we'll come on back for our final two segments.
Welcome back, everyone. We're so thrilled that you're still with us. Rena and I are about to tackle our next couple of segments. And the next thing we're going to do is the Lens MVP. We are aiming to present the award for Lens MVP for the Lens of Cycles today. And so both Rena and I are going to nominate a character that we believe should win. And for those of you who are joining us for the first time, this is a character in the episode that exemplifies the lens for better or for worse. And so this is a character who's like super into cycles or super not into cycles or something attached to it in a way that Rena and I are going to argue. And so Rena, I cannot wait to hear your nominee. Who are you nominating for this award today? I nominate Janai for a, lens a likely story of i mean uh, I, well not not obviously but there's reasons i have i have, I have things to back it up okay all right bring it on <laughs> in this episode janai shows not only the inner conflict and turmoil that there is with trying to enforce previous traditions mm. and cycles of um in this case punishment and justice but she breaks away from that, realizing that in order to usher her people and all the other beings in this uh, that, that are trying to coexist together, that there needs to be a change. And so hmm. she makes a huge change in, in the way that things are done. Now people, uh, the humans and the Sunfire Elves will have to work together in order to build a sustainable future for both of them. And so I think that that's exemplified rather than just dealing out a sentence of death um, as as a solution and really thinking about how can we continue to build together and to understand one another and provide solutions in order to do that. So that's why I am nominating her because she was caught in a cycle where she does hide her, hold the tribunal at uh, her brother's suggestion, but then uses the tribunal to change the the traditions that are really dealt on a yeah. black and white, uh, you know, just on a binary basically of, of yes or no, good or bad. So, yeah. So I'm hearing that you're arguing that Janai is good at breaking the cycle here or yes. at, least, at least changing it, right? I think, yes, exactly. I think she's a cycle breaker. Mm. And so that's why, that's why I'm, I'm nominating her. All right. MVP. All right. Well, I, I hear you. I, I think Janai is a good suggestion. I, <laughs> I I think that I'm going to just push back and argue that Kareem should Ooh. probably earn this award for cycles. Really? Yeah, you heard it. You heard it straight from the mouth of me. Oh, uh, the way the way I'm going to argue this is I, I think Kareem is unaware of how affected he is by these cycles. I think he's caught up in the cycle so much and the cycle is working so well that he's not questioning it. And that to me is so reflective of real life that it hurts, <laughs> um, which just is really painful for me because I like I'm I'm in school about like I'm, I'm in school for social work right now for people who are listening and um thinking about my work on like trying to break these cycles of oppression and harm is really 
tough to watch when here it is on the screen, just blatant in front of you. And Kareem is really in it and is doing his best to uh, go from, and I guess I'm going to bleed into a couple future episodes, but he's arguing this point thinking he's going to accomplish something for the Sunfire elves tradition of maintaining this, this image of what Sunfire elves are quote supposed to be when missing out entirely on what Sunfire elves could be. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that this idea that he's so locked in is preventing him from, from ever breaking it. And so I think he's so locked in that he can't even see it. Um, so we have Janai on one end, right? Ooh. Right? Like, nope, I see it. I'm breaking it. And then Kareem like, what cycle? Exactly. <laughs> um, this isn't a cycle. This is a way of life. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So if you uh, want to vote for Kareem, you can find us on Twitter. If you want to vote for Janai, you probably shouldn't go to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, you can find, we'll do a, a little vote. Um, and so if you believe one of them should win, you should go vote for whomever you think. And you can find that on Twitter and that'll happen in the, the week, uh, releasing after the podcast. So make sure you're staying tuned to our Twitter feed, BNB underscore pot. That's where all the cool people are. <laughs> all right, Rena, that brings us to our final segment. Uh, which is probably my favorite segment, which I also say every time I need, like, I feel like I'm just repeating myself a lot. I need to stop. Uh, so I part of it, right? <laughs> I guess it's part of it, right? It's the familiarity people like. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, gratitude. Uh, I'm curious, who is a character from this episode that you are thankful for and why? Um... I'm thankful for Amaya. I mm. am. I, I'm thankful for Amaya because, you know, it takes a lot to admit that you're wrong and to yeah. publicly do it. Yeah. And I think it was a really not not only a big gesture, but for her to sit back and reflect and be like, hey, actually, this is this is not OK what happened. And I my reaction to this was not OK. And I'm going to publicly apologize. And now whatever happens to you because you went and did something that's actually horrible uh, without even thinking of the repercussions and, and the ways in which you affected this other, th this other being, like, I think that, you know, whatever, whatever happens to you is what happens to you. And you're going to have to deal with that because you chose to be, because it wasn't only that, you know, the architect had, had said, had, had done this. It was that she was doubling down and, and, you know, Absolutely. and the fact that, that Amaya sat there, uh, thought about it, heard what Kareem was saying. I think also the fact that she really took in what Kareem was saying, you know, especially mm -hmm. coming from somebody who doesn't, who very, very obviously does not like you and does not care for your presence. But she looked beyond that and was like, I hear what you're saying. And the fact that this is a tradition that's been in your culture for probably thousands of years at this point, you know, this is a, a way for you to honor your dead. Yeah. And, you know, we, we kind of, we just laughed at it. Like we shit it on it. And, and I'm, and I apologize for that. And if she's got to die, she's going to die. No, she didn't say that, but you know, oh. the thing yeah. is that she, she was also very, she was like, you know, whatever happens to you happens to you and good luck. You yeah. know? So I, I, I really, um, I'm grateful for her because it, it does take a lot to admit that you're wrong. And especially in a public forum yeah. like that. You're, you know? you're, 
kind of reminding me of two things. One is just a, a moment from the reflection um, on Soul Candles that was published before the season came out, which was it it illustrated how personal the the soul candles were. Like they were created with the scent of the the person's favorite scent. Mm-hmm. And like the, the the I just imagine the the personal touch that goes into creating that candle into making it. And then I I didn't even think about that when we would discuss them originally, but for some reason when you said it that way, that came up for me. And I was like, oh God, that's such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um and so I, I, I think that Amaya, I think Amaya's like uh, admission here is also indicative of her trust in Janai mm-hmm. because I, I think that, I think you're right. I think she heard Kareem. I think she realized that like, she is guilty. She did it. You should do what you need to do. And at the same time, I think it also illustrates how much she has been with Janai over these past two years and how much their relationship has shaped um, each other, right? It, it's it's not that she thinks that Janai is going to kill her. I think she says, like, it, you're going to get what you deserve because you did something wrong. And I trust that Janai is going to do something that's fair. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. It, and that's scary to trust someone that much. Right. Wow. So mm. I guess I'm grateful for Maya too. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm telling you, she was she was in a, like a, a hidden, a hidden, a hidden hero almost. But I really, I don't know, something the way that she she really took everything in and what she said, that really, oh, it really touched me. I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah. So yeah, for and like you said, for you to trust somebody that much, where you're like, I know whatever they're gonna decide, it's gonna be yeah. fair and it's and it's gonna be just in that way, and and it'll it'll consider everything that has happened. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I am grateful because of our conversation for Nathan. Yes, I am like all of a sudden just so proud. <laughs> <laughs> that Nathan is like pushing back against this, oh. this, uh, this culture, this experience, it's the expectation of him that he doesn't want to live into. Mm. And that's so hard. And I get it. And I'm just like, oh, that's, I want to be a little bit more like you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really grateful for Nathan and for, for teaching us what it looks like to, to not do what is expected of you in the best way exactly i just love how his whole demeanor and body language and everything changed yeah you know and i think that's what happens when 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 any of us makes a decision that is not does not sit well with us that is not in, in sync with with our own worldview mm-hmm. or our our values for ourselves and the the things that we want to do it's really that the whole thing of cycles you know breaking something to not only see it for yourself but for what the future could look like for others yeah you know and even in his small way he might not realize that that that's what he's doing but I definitely think that it sets it up for that because all of a sudden he's now created a relationship with other beings in the realm you know that he normally wouldn't even have had this type of interaction and so yeah I just thought that was really beautiful in that way where it's Mm. laying there too for us you know it's just right there yeah 
Oh, well, that brings us to the end of our, our time. Before you go, I'm, I would love if you would like to be found. Uh, is there a way that you would like to be found by, by our listeners? Sure. It's funny. I have <laughs> social media. I have multiple uh, levels because I live a multi-layered life, right? Oh um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Instagram as DJ Lady Lane. Okay. And also a space for sound, which is more of my artistic practice things. And the same thing on Twitter and yeah, on Twitter, uh, definitely on DJ Lady Lane. I'm a bit more active. I'm not very good at social media, but I try. And <laughs> yeah, and my <laughs> my website, you can always, you know, check out the things that I'm doing there and calendar or whatnot at a space for and if you have, I guess I'm like, yeah, pop up on me there uh, on in the virtual interwebs. I'm I'm somewhat responsive. I really do uh, come on on the weekends. That's when I yeah, show yeah. face. Uh, during the week, I try not to engage unless I need to promote something. But yeah, on the on the weekends, I'm a, I'm very active on there. Um, okay, so definitely, yeah, Instagram and. Well, Twitter, as long as it's going to be there, who even knows what's going yeah, on? Yeah, who knows, right? Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can also find us on all the things, everybody, at BNB underscore pod, uh, Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok. Uh, my, my co-host for the regular portion of the podcast has a, a running TikTok where they post fairly often about random things. So if you're curious, you can check it out. Um, but more importantly, if you are enjoying what we're doing this season, uh, I highly recommend checking out our Patreon. Um, we are trying to get enough to make sure that our producer is earning a living wage. And if that's something that you want to help out with, you can support us there. And, uh, you know, even if a one-time donation, ah, we'd love it. Ah, go on. It'll be great. Um, no matter what, you're the best. Uh Thanks to our listeners. Thanks to Rena. You are amazing. Thank you for joining us again. And I guess that's it, everybody. Until next time, be well and do good. Thank you for having me. Thank you all for listening. And yeah, have a lovely rest of the season and stay warm, cool and dry wherever you're at. And take care. Here, here.